Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. I'm very excited to have Vernon Wright on the podcast. Vernon is a district facilitator, blogger, speaker, and podcaster of the Many Voices of Grit. Vernon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I just want to go ahead and let everybody know that the work that you are doing is phenomenal. Folks, if you are listening to this podcast and you are not following Joshua Stamper, (laughs) you need to go ahead and make sure that you do that ASAP. Of course, you know, listen to the whole episode, but uh, make sure that you connect with Joshua Stamper. I've met a lot of folks over the years. I know we'll kind of go into my history here in a second. But I met a lot of folks over the years and, and some that, you know, they were about as real as a $3 bill if such a thing exists, which it doesn't. But I can honestly say that in the time that I've known Joshua Stamper, uh, he's the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you get connected with him. But thank you so much, man, for having me on the oh, show. It's, it's an honor that. and a pleasure. Honor is all mine. And Vernon, as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. And today I would love to hear about your leadership journey and how you became a district leader. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I get asked that question quite a bit. And, you know, as I travel around and I have the uh, the privilege and the honor and I'm so blessed and grateful for the opportunities I have to work with a variety of people, um, whether that's, you know, within the district, at different schools, whether that's at the regional level, at speaking engagements, and even um, some engagements, speaking engagements I've done at the state level. And working on some things nationally. Can't say much right now. Those things are under development. But uh, later on, you know, down the road, I'll be able to go ahead and talk a little bit more about those national level things. But I started out many, many, many moons ago as a high school teacher in an urban high school. Was a job changer. Originally, I started out and went into the business world, the corporate world, and got to a certain point where I was kind of like, okay, which which direction do I want to go with this? And someone at the time, I call it a quote-unquote setup, but it was really destiny, right? It yeah. was destiny. And uh, no coincidence, it was destiny because if it hadn't happened, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today, which is really mind-boggling. But someone mentioned to me uh, this whole idea and concept of teaching. And I was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, that's cool and everything, but you know, I'm kind of over here off to the side and I'm thinking about getting my MBA because that's where I was at the time. Uh, really thinking about going back to school and getting my MBA. Someone said to me, they said, hey, you know, you really should do this teaching thing. And I said, well, you know, I'm not really all that keen and maybe pursuing this. I'm, I'm still thinking about this MBA thing. And they said, no, you really need to do it. You're really good at explaining things. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, man, I'll go do it. So did that for a little bit. I want to say it was maybe about year three. I got approached by an administrator one day and the administrator said, hey, Mr. Ryan, I'd like to go ahead and and talk to you. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, man, what did I do? I I must be in trouble. (laughs) Actually, it was pretty interesting because the administrator was talking to me and a very, very, very sweet lady. She was my assistant principal at the time. And she was talking to me about becoming the department chair. Now, There was someone else who was already the department chair, and interestingly enough, who was actually my mentor when I first started teaching. And so I really didn't want to do that because I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, and I certainly didn't want to offend in any way or disrespect in any way the person that had mentored me. And uh, and I said, you know what? I I kindly uh, decline, politely decline. Thank you. I'm just doing this teaching thing. And so she stayed after me 
which I know there are a lot of folks out there that are in leadership now at various levels. And you had that person who stayed after you. And so I had one of those, they stayed after me experiences. But not only did I have that and have her staying after me, I also had, interestingly enough, my father staying after me, my late father. He's in heaven now. But what was really interesting, and I'll never forget this, and and I'll tell the story real quick because I know there's some other things we want to talk about. I, I was sitting down many years ago at an evaluation annual evaluation. Of course, we call them uh, summatives, right? Here in Texas. Oh yeah. And uh, my administrator at the time said, Hey, Mr. Wright, uh, these are your scores. This is how you did. And do you know, do you have anything to say? And I said, well, you know, thank you so much, ma'am. You're very gracious. This has been awesome. Is there, if there's nothing else that I need to do, I'll go ahead and sign your copy. You sign mine and we exchange copies and we're good. Right. Copy goes into my personnel file and I leave with a copy from my own records. And uh, we did that, much like many of the other ones had happened, unlike in my career up to that point. I very politely got ready to go ahead and take my copy and excuse myself and, and walk out of the room. And she looked at me and she said, you know, Mr. Wright, let's push those papers to the side. And I was kind of like, okay, this is strange. What is this? She said, let's go ahead and, and now really go ahead and talk about you. And uh, we had this discussion about my career and where I was going and what was headed for me. And that was one of the first times in my career where someone had really sat down with me and had talked to me about not only the work I was currently doing, but my future. And I want to thank that person. They know who they are because they're probably listening to this podcast. I want to thank them for doing that many years ago. It was a game changer in my life. So did that, became an administrative intern. After I went back to school, got my master's degree in educational leadership, uh, throw a quick shout out to the American College of Education, got it through them. That was wonderful. That was awesome. Uh, was an administrative intern at the time at a different high school, a different urban high school. Phenomenal experience. Mm-hmm. Then went into being an assistant principal for a little bit. I have mentioned on Twitter before uh, the interesting experience of being the most junior person on the administrative team but being responsible for discipline for 1,300 sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And that was an experience. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about that on another episode sometime. And then had the the opportunity to do that for a little bit. Since then, have been doing district leadership in different roles for a while as well, and very blessed and grateful uh, for that opportunity. And really have gone beyond that to do some other things. And and that's really kind of the entrepreneurial part of me. But long answer, (laughs) that's me. Vernon, was there a leader or mentor you worked with who you really admired? And if so, what qualities inspired you? Right. Absolutely, man. I I am so honored uh, to have this opportunity. Uh, Typically, when I am on podcast, I do like to go ahead and give shout outs to people that really have been, as, as I say in my own terminology, they've been A1s since day one, which means, you know, they've really been true supporters since the very beginning. The first person in the first group is Disrupt Ed TV. Phenomenal, phenomenal folks. Uh, they believed in me when I had nothing more than a concept in my head. And we, we started engaging in dialogue and uh, we went down the road and lo and behold, here I am now as somebody who started out with 15 followers. 15 followers. And now, you know, we're growing literally by the day, every day. Also want to go ahead and thank my good friends at Nohia Kindreds. That's N-O-H-E-A. And then Kindreds along with that, all in one word, K-I-N-D-R-E-D-S. 
know, he had kindreds and uh, the good folks over there, Lori Harvey and Aubrey Patterson have uh, been so gracious and what they have allowed me to do and given me opportunities to do. I'm an associate editor for them. Of course, for Disrupted TV, I am a show host, The Many Voices of Grid. Tune in and watch if you haven't already. And then also, too, I want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to the good folks at EduMatch, Dr. Sarah Thomas, working on some phenomenal, phenomenal projects with them. Uh, some of those things I cannot talk about right now because they're under development. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this. There's some game changers. There's some absolute game changers. Uh, we do want to go ahead and give a quick shout out as well to uh, Evan and Laura Robb. Early, long-time, phenomenal supporters of mine. Evan is like a father to me. I uh, don't have my father anymore. He is in heaven, but Evan is like a father to me. And I also want to go ahead and thank Chris Felicello. And uh, he is like an uncle to me. So, Chris, <laughs> I know you're out there. And then I have another uncle as well. His name is Wade Stanford. Wade, he's superintendent here in the state of Texas. Wade, I appreciate you, brother. Mm -hmm. I appreciate all of you. They've been great, great, great supporters. And another good friend of mine uh, that has been a very, very early supporter, and that's Basil Marin. Mm -hmm. Some of you know Basil, uh, an emerging leader for ASCD. This guy is on the rise. And so those are just a few of the people that really have been true supporters of mine since day one. I could go on and on, but you know, I know that we have other things that we want to talk about. But I, I want to say this. Uh, and many of my mentors have shared this with me over the years and poured this into me. When you give honor and respect to those that have been with you since the beginning, that is one of the secrets. And I really I say secrets with air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the secrets to unlocking greatness. And one of the secrets to going to the next level in your life is showing honor. And how many people in our culture today they don't show honor, they show dishonor. And then they wonder why, you know, their lives are not really going anywhere. Uh, and that's one of the keys is showing honor. So I definitely want to do that. Thank you so much for that opportunity. I know you attribute a lot of your success on a strategy you gained from one of your mentors in the practices called a vision board. Will you just take a moment and tell our aspiring leaders what this practice is and what it's all about? Yeah, phenomenal, man. And I appreciate the opportunity to, opportunity to talk about it because a lot of folks don't talk about it, right? It's kind of funny because as somebody who has done countless professional developments and speaking engagements, we talk sometimes in education in terms of really these generalities, right? A little bit ambiguous, a little bit vague. And we just say, hey, man, go out there and make it happen. Work hard, right? And believe in yourself and believe in dreams and, and make it happen. You'll achieve success. And we just leave it there, right? right? And it's very much like uh, when I used to go to those professional developments when I was a teacher and everybody would leave really pumped up and then you would get back to your home campus and you're like, okay, now what do I do next? I'm pumped up, but I feel lost, right? Yep. And I want to say uh, it brings me to another thing here real quick as we're talking about this uh, is a concept uh, that a good, very, very, very good friend of mine years ago shared with me that used to work at the Region 10 Educational Service Center or Region 10 ESC. And that is the whole concept of skill versus will. And I had the will, I just didn't have the skill. And so that's where my mentors started to guide me and give me practical advice on how to make some of these things that I wanted to be in my life a real thing or real things. 
to manifest and become a reality. And so number one is I had to sit down and write my goals down. And so I'm going to say this, and, and if you're listening to this right now and, and you haven't done this, as soon as this episode is over, you need to sit down and you need to do it before you go to bed tonight. You just need to do it. If it's in the morning, great. You have more time. Whenever it is, you need to do it. There were a lot of things that I wanted in life, but they weren't on paper. They weren't on paper or they weren't in a Google Doc saved electronically. They were not where I could see them. They were in my head. So number one, there is power in having your goals written down. Now, do I understand esoterically why that is the case? No, I don't. But as a mentor uh, once asked me, he said, do you understand everything there is to know about electricity? And I said, absolutely not. I'm not an electrical engineer. And he said, absolutely. But does that prevent you from turning the light switch on? And I said, no, it doesn't. And then he looked at me and he said, absolutely. There you go. We don't need to understand everything about why it works. We just need to understand that it works. Mm -hmm. Write your goals down. The second thing is review your goals daily, whether that's at night, uh, whether that's in the morning, whatever it is, review them at least once a day. I review mine daily. Once you have those goals down, then we get to the part of saying, okay, Vernon, you know what? I, I've really sat down and, and I've thought about my goals and what I want in my life. We're talking about specificity, right? We have to be very, very, very specific. Well, I want a new car. Well, what kind of car? What brand? What year? What model? What features? Specificity is the key. Once we do that, we have to go ahead and give ourselves something visual to see. And that's what the vision board is. See, and I want to say this to some teachers, you've been using visuals and the power of visuals for students, but you haven't been using it for yourself. Let me say that one again. You have been using it for students, but you haven't been using it for yourself. And that's the power of visuals. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because when I became a campus administrator, you know, I would go through and I would do my classroom walkthroughs and one of the things I would do and I would look for, are, you know, things that were up on the wall that students could look at yep. during the learning experience. Right. Yep. Well, think about this. Why is it that, you know, we have these visuals for students and we don't have the visuals for ourselves? Why is that? If it's good for students, it's probably going to be good for us as adults. Right. And so what a vision board is, is a vision puts pictures and visuals to your goals. And what that allows you to do is to look at it every day. Now, those of you that, you know, teach here in Texas and, and you are at a grade level or a subject that is a tested subject at the state level, you understand how important it is that students uh, grasp this thing called representations, visual representations, right? How do things appear? Well, what the vision board does for you is that is a representation. Really, it's multiple representations because it's multiple things you want to manifest in your life that are on this vision board. And so every day when you walk past that vision board, you see it. But not only do you see it consciously, you also see it subconsciously. And whatever we focus on and whatever we think about is what will manifest in our lives. But most people are not really that deliberate about what they focus on or what they look at. It's just kind of, you know, whatever life brings me, right? Mm -hmm. But there is power in focus. And we can't count on someone else to give us focus. We have to go ahead and determine what our focus is for our lives. Because is it in anyone else? Is it anyone else's life? No. It's our own life. Love it. So I want to talk about the nitty-gritty of leadership with you. 
I know that you've been in multiple leadership roles and have multiple experiences with growth and potentially trials and failures. So what was one experience that you had that created the most growth? You know, uh, it's kind of interesting that, that you asked that. And I think that, uh, <laughs> and of course, I won't name any names, but uh, one of the very first roles that I had that produced a tremendous amount of growth was being at that school where I was, I was responsible for all of that discipline, 1,300 middle schoolers. I was responsible for all of the discipline. And the person at the time who was the actual building leader. Now, remember, I was the junior person on the administrative team. That person really had a perspective and kind of a paradigm that was that, you know, they stayed in their office. They were not visible. If they were visible, you knew that there was a problem. And I was really taught as an administrative intern to be quite the opposite. And, you know, I had these situations where, you know, staff members would come to me about things and I would tell them, I would say, hey, well, I appreciate it. But, you know, just to let you know, I'm, I'm kind of the junior person here. I'll do what I can do. We need to also share this with, you know, our leader, our, our top leader. And so they said, uh, well, you know, that's great and everything, but we want to share it with you. And, and I asked them one time, I said, you know, uh, you guys come to me and I appreciate that. Why do you always come to me? And you know that I'm not the top person. And this is what they told me. And I had an epiphany standing right there in that hallway, I had an epiphany, right? And I'm going to share uh, with the listeners and with you um, what those folks said to me. And they said two things, Mr. Wright. They said, number one, you're visible. And number two, we know you will listen and do what you can with what is within scope for you with, with what you have power to do. And I stood there and I said, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. And as I stood there with my walkie-talkie, because, you know, you, you can't be an administrator without your walkie-talkie, <laughs> nope. right? Always on my hip. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so as I stood there in that hallway, man, and, and I had that walkie-talkie on my hip, man, and, and I was walking back to my office, I had those two epiphanies, man, that I really thought about, which was, it's so important for the people to see you. So important. And then secondly, it's important for the people to know that not only can they share with you about things they think can be better, but you also need to be seen as a person of action, yes. a person that takes action and not only professionally, but also to personally in your own personal life. What kind of produced a lot of growth is that the person that was the top leader at the time was the antithesis of both of those things. You would share things with them, but they really wouldn't do anything. In some cases, they were kind of dismissive to staff. There was kind of that whole dynamic that was going on. And then the other thing, too, is they just weren't visible. And again, if you saw them, one of the first things that, you know, staff would say aloud is, you know, somebody must have gotten in trouble. Something must have happened because so-and-so is walking down the hallway. That was one of the most, I would say, periods that, that produced the most growth because what I was trying to do was not only uh, establish and codify my leadership style in that position. But because I was deeply invested in that campus, I was also trying to coach the person who was my supervisor. And I want to go ahead and say this to folks out there right now that are listening to this. You may be in this situation right now where you really have a bead and you really have a, a, a handle and a bearing on what's happening, but the person above you on an organizational chart is somewhat detached or maybe even in some instances almost completely removed from that. 
And um, that was really an interesting experience, was a great one. But I learned on the job training on how to coach the person above me. Now, remember, at this point in my career, I had been an administrative intern. I had been a teacher leader. I had been a department head. I had facilitated PLCs. I mean, I had done uh, even PDs at the district level, even as a teacher leader. So I'd done a lot of these different things on coaching uh, my peers or even people that that might be seen as those that I would be leading, right? But I had never in my career coached someone that was above me, and particularly someone that thought that they didn't need the coaching. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting topic, so I just want to kind of expand on that real quick. For those who don't hold a leadership position, what are some other ways that our aspiring leaders can make an immediate impact? Number one word is influence, man. And I get asked this a lot. Some of you out there may have uh, read the book, John Maxwell's Five Levels of Leadership. Those that know me closely in my professional life and that have known me over the years know that that is one of the all-time favorite books that I have ever read is John Maxwell's Five Levels of Leadership. And so really, we cannot get to the higher levels of leadership unless we have influence. Now, here's an interesting thing. You know, you ever had one of those situations where, you know, you go through something and you don't quite understand it. And then years later, as you accumulate more knowledge, you reflect more, you gain a deeper understanding. You go back to that early. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Right. It happens all the time, Uh, especially for people that are naturally inclined to reflect a lot. And you go back in time to that situation and you say, oh, well, that's really what was happening. And not only do you have a deeper understanding, you might even have the appropriate vocabulary and terminology to apply to some of those things, right? And so that situation I was just talking about, about coaching someone above me and the, the, the staff coming to me instead of going to the person that was, I was a leader, but I was not the top leader, right? What I understood years later and sometime later after having read that book John Maxwell's five levels of leadership and really having reflected and thought about and gone through some different experiences was this. Although the top leader on that campus had the position and the title, it was on an organizational chart, right? It was on an organizational chart. It was on the school's website. It was on anything that we sent out. The principal's name was on that as the principal, right? The lead learner on the campus, or as we would say, the instructional head, head of all instruction on the campus. But here's what that leader did not have. And it's one word. And so if you're listening to this right now and you would say, you know, Vernon, uh, Joshua, man, you know, I'm not anybody that has so-and-so title. I don't have a reserved parking spot. Uh, I don't have business cards. I'm just somebody that tries to stay under the radar, right? And just kind of do my thing. You have something that you may not even realize you have. And that's one word. And that word is influence. And here's what I'm going to share with you all out there. Influence will get people to do the extraordinary. Position or title will get people to do the ordinary. Let me say that one again. Influence will get people to do the extraordinary. A position or a title will get people to do the ordinary. You know, and I'll I'll give an example. Of course, I won't name any campuses or any people or anything like that. But a few years ago, there was um, a leader that I knew and the leader was kind of having some trouble with their staff and they were kind of focusing on some things that, that maybe weren't, you know, the major blocks, right? The major leverage points. 
And one of the things was about people really adhering to some minute details that in the grand scheme of things, they just really weren't big things, right? What would we say? Majoring on minor things. Mm -hmm. So guess what happened in real time in that particular situation? This has been some time ago, some years ago. The staff really, in a sense, contracted and they contracted their efforts and what they put into their jobs every day. So guess what the staff was doing? They were doing just the bare minimum to not get in trouble, or as we would say, compliance. Now, anyone that has worked in schools that have been turned around, I have worked in several schools that, you know, were improvement required schools. I even worked in one school that was improvement required second year. So I've been through the reconstitution process. It is, it is an unnerving and unnerving process. Very, very, very stressful. You will know that what turns a school around, what turns a district around, right, is not the ordinary. What turns it around is the extraordinary. So if you're a leader right now and you feel like, you know, hey, Vernon, man, just just being honest with myself, I feel like my leadership is really at the ordinary level and people on my staff are doing the ordinary, but I want them to do the extraordinary, the extraordinary. Think about how you can develop influence. Think about how you can develop influence. Again, influence will cause people to do the extraordinary. A position or a title will cause them to go ahead and do the ordinary, but extraordinary is what turns around grade levels. It's what turns around subjects. It's what turns around campuses. It is what turns around districts. Anyone that knows you, has listened to you, or follows you on social media knows that you have three words that you're passionate about, and that is connect, impact, and scale. So I just want to know why those three words are so influential in your life and where that came from. Well, I appreciate, again, an opportunity to to talk about that. Uh, I'll put in a quick plug for EduMatch. Really, the Connect Impact Scale is is a central core part of the right leader. And what I do as an entrepreneur and um, the different uh, projects that I'm working on, again, some of them are public. uh, Some of them are not public, but they will be in the near future, and and they're going to be absolute game changers. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of folks out there will enjoy those projects when they come to fruition. But a central core part of all of those things that I do is about connect, impact, and scale. And when I was really sitting down one day and and really thinking about the work that I do and about reaching people and whether it's making an impact and whether I'm really, you know, having this this, this authentic uh, bond with people where we're we're like-minded and we're really seeing commonly shared values and all of that kind of stuff, right? I really came up with those three words. And One of the inspirations for those three words is from my good friend, Dr. Sarah Thomas at EduMatch. And those three words are connect, impact, and scale. And here's why they're important. So if you're a person out there and you say, hey, Vernon, man, I'm in graduate school right now. I'm trying to really codify my leadership style. Or you say, you know, hey, I've already been through graduate school. I'm, I'm in an administrative position right now. And, uh, you know, I'm doing okay, but I'm trying to go to the next level and and really develop and codify my leadership style. This is going to apply to you. If you're an experienced leader, you've been in the game, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years, but you're always looking to refine what you do right through this reflective lens. Take note of these three words and what I'm going to go ahead and say about each of the three words, and it will make a change in your life wherever you are, you know, relative to your level. 
And number one is to connect. And, and here's what I learned um, through experiences, right? And, and later on down the road, again, after I you know, accumulated some knowledge and some deeper understanding and additional experiences, came to understand why it was so important. If I did not connect with people authentically, it didn't matter what I knew. Did not matter what I knew, did not matter how much I knew. If I did not connect with people on an authentic level, everything that I had to go ahead and, and give to them that was a value, what, what I thought was a value, right? We never could access that because there was not an authentic connection. And I'll go ahead and give uh, you an example, right? So I know we have a lot of folks out there that are coffee drinkers that have Keurigs, right? Oh, yeah. Or whatever, whatever your coffee pot of choice is, right? <laughs> so think about this, right? So you have this coffee pot. You have this coffee maker, and it's great, and it's awesome. And uh, you take it and you plug it into a wall, but it doesn't work. So you start to think there's a problem with a the coffee maker. There's no problem with a coffee maker. You find out that there's a problem with the outlet. So you got to have an electrician come out and repair the outlet. There was no authentic connection. It didn't mean that the coffee maker was bad. It didn't mean that there wasn't electricity coming to your house. You know, you paid the electricity bill, the electricity's on. What it meant was that the connection was not working. And so a lot of times we have leaders that, you know, they're awesome and they're awesome and they're brewing up all kinds of good things like a coffee pot does. And they're wanting to go ahead and, and connect with people. But when they go to plug into their staff and connect with their staff, the connection is not good. And then they turn around and wonder, is something wrong with my coffee pot? Right? Sure. So connection is very, very, very important because if there's no connection, nothing else happens. Number two is impact. And this is the difference between, and I've spoke to this um, many times on Twitter, and I'll say this again, because I think it's something that, that we all need to go ahead and, and really be especially mindful of. There's a difference between being busy and being productive. And some people are really into this whole be, being busy thing. So I'm, I'm busy doing this, and I'm busy doing this, and I'm busy doing that, and I'm busy doing that. But whoever stops to really ask the question, what's the impact? So if you really think that you feel like you're in this position where you're always busy and you're always doing all this other stuff and everybody's quote unquote busy, right? But you're not really doing a whole lot or accomplishing, accomplishing a whole lot. Here's the next thing I, I want you to do when you're in a meeting, of course, be polite, be professional, but ask someone when we're talking about doing, being engaged in all these busyness type activities, ask someone, Hey, what's the impact? What, what do we expect to the impact to be from this? Our investment of time, our investment of money, our investment of energy, what's the impact? And then secondly, for those things that, that maybe you're doing for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time, go ahead and ask this question. Uh, what was the impact we expected? And then what was the impact that we actually saw? Impact is extremely important. And so once we make an impact, and of course, you know, I've seen this as a part of district leadership for years, but it also applies to in our personal lives. Once we see the impact, which really is, is what we would define as success, right? What do we want to do? So if you're in a district and one school is really successful, what does district leadership want to do? They want to go ahead and make every school be successful like that, right? Yep. So that's the part of scale. So once you have this impact and, and you're doing some really great things and you're like, man, I, I think we really get it. You need to start to think about scale, but, but not just scale where you're scaling out to anybody and, and to anyone and everyone. You need to be deliberate and focused. Well, how do I do that, Vernon? By looking at your mission and vision. The vision, is, is, again, we talked about this earlier with, yep. with the vision board. 
the vision is a visual representation of your goals. What does that look like? And then the mission is how do we go about the specific action items, the specific actionable items, the specific task that we do to bring that to fruition. So when we go to scale, we just don't go ahead and, and throw our investments of time and energy at anything that comes along. It has to be aligned with vision and mission. If not, then you could be going ahead and giving your time and your energy to something that won't even help your mission and vision. And there's no alignment in that. And that's the reason why I say this. And I want to say this real quick. As a friend of mine has said uh, many times, a true leader, listen to me when I say this, a true leader knows the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. Now, there will be people who will come to you with distractions. They may not even know that they're distractions because they don't really have really that laser-like focus in their own lives. So you have to be able to be proactive and to know and to be able to filter and really analyze and think through it and, and really ask yourself, hey, is, is this a distraction or is this an opportunity? Because even things that are distractions, if a person doesn't have focus, guess how they're going to communicate it to you as an opportunity when really it's not an opportunity, it's a distraction because it's not aligned with your vision or mission. So I want to touch on the connect piece because I know you're a fellow podcaster. So can you just take a moment to share what the right leader is all about? Yeah, the right leader, man, working on a lot of phenomenal things, man. And so I want to say this again, a uh, quick shout out again to the great phenomenal folks at Disrupt Ad TV. Uh, I started out with them uh, as a concept, just uh, with a concept, just a concept in my head. And I said, you know what, man, I, I really believe in this, right? So if you're out there and you're somebody who has kind of had this thought, you know, on and off that, you know, hey, man, I, I could really do something bigger than what I'm doing right now and, and really, you know, reach people. I encourage you to take action on that. And that's where I was one day. So, uh, you know, I had many, many years of experience in the business and said, you know, man, I can do something bigger and better to reach people. And so that concept started out as a as an online uh, leadership show called Let's Get It Right. And then uh, we did that for a while. And then that really morphed and transitioned and grew as, you know, we gained more and more followers and more and more viewers that grew into this thing that I've been doing quite a while now, doing for quite a while now, which is called the Mini Voices of Grit. We look at the subject of grit from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different angles with a wide variety one of the most diverse shows you will see online in the edusphere and, and not diversity necessarily, although we do have it, uh, diversity in the way that most people would think, which is diversity of ethnicities, right? Mm -hmm. But diversity in terms of backgrounds, geographical locations, all kinds of different things. I know a, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Williams, uh, he may be listening to this, he's an expat. And uh, did a lot of his leadership, including a superintendency in Indiana and is now in Abu Dhabi. Hmm. And so that's one of the folks that uh, has been on my show as well. So great folks there at Disrupted TV, the many voices of Gret. I uh, know he at Kindred's. I'm an associate editor there with them. Wonderful, wonderful team doing a lot of great work there. Uh, we have three simple core values there, and that is to simplify, clarify, and amplify. Now, uh, if I was a leader and I was trying to go ahead and put together my own leadership style and, and codify it or really trying to put together a mission statement or something for my campus or my group, I would start out by asking myself, have I simplified things? Have I clarified things? And if I simplified and clarified things, 
how am I going to amplify that? I would, I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, we could do a whole one hour podcast on just those three things, simplify, clarify, and amplify. The next thing that I'm doing with the great folks at EduMatch, and there's a lot of work that I'm working with them on in connection with them. I'm going to be talking a lot more about uh, connect, impact, and scale. And, and we have some, some really, really neat things under development. Those are the three things, uh, major things that I work on a lot. Uh, there is a fourth thing as well, which is my brand, the right leader, mm-hmm. uh, working on a lot of different things brand wise with that and, and doing a lot of marketing and branding and, and doing some collaborations with that. And so I have some initial products out there right now, developing some more products. And so it's a very exciting, exciting, exciting time for me, man, in my life. And, uh, just blessed and honored and grateful for the opportunity to reach so many people. And really to be very honest with you as well, in addition to all of those things, right. As though that's, as though that's not enough. (laughs) Uh, I'm a very, very, very proud father of a daughter and she is my pride and joy. She may be listening to this. I'm sure she will be. And I just want to go ahead and say hello to her. You're my pride and joy. You're totally awesome. And as well, the opportunity that I've had over time to connect with so many great people like yourself that, you know, they're coming from a really special place and a real place in their hearts, which is to reach people and help people. So, man, I'm just overjoyed and grateful immensely, man, for all the opportunities. And, you know, I want to say this to everybody that's out there, man. Some people may believe in you. Some people may hate on you. Some people may love you. But you know what, man, the hustle continues and uh, we're going to reach people and we're going to do what we were called to do. I symbolize that with this, two hashtags. That's impact the right way. And then the second hashtag is this. It is the zero apology zone. Mm-hmm. We make no apologies, man, for doing those things. So in addition to your position, your district position, you speak at conferences, you obviously have your podcast, and you're very active on social media. So how did you find your voice beyond your district? You know, man, and it really was one of those things where, again, I was sitting down and I was just kind of thinking about, you know, how can I go ahead and, and reach more people? Before I was on Twitter in a professional sense, many people don't know this, so this will be uh, the first time that some people hear this story. I had been on Twitter in a personal sense, just kind of keeping up with news and current events and things like that. I've been on Twitter for a while, right? But I hadn't really been on Twitter in a professional sense. And so I had a speaking engagement uh, at the regional level. When the session was over, I had a lot of folks uh, stay after, which, you know, I've had that happen a few times. Very blessed and grateful for that. And folks say, you know, hey, Vernon, man, what you said really resonated with me. It was really awesome. It was great. And then there was this question. How can I get connected with you beyond this session? And then the question was, are you on social media? Do you have a Twitter account, right? This is, this is back before, you know, people really start talking about uh, IG, otherwise known as Instagram. And, uh, and I was like, no, I don't. And people were like, man, you really need to have a, a Twitter account, man, and, and start, you know, kind of doing some things and pushing some stuff out there that you're doing in these speaking engagements. And that's really kind of how the whole thing started. I guess if you want to say kind of a, a scale beyond the speaking engagements, because at that time in my career, man, I was just doing a lot of speaking engagements in addition to my official duties, uh, you know, just to reach people and to help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were not uh, kind of similar when I had Dave Burgess on my show uh, and he was talking about, you know, when he started out very early on in his career, when I started out very early on with speaking engagements, I wasn't getting paid. Right. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, man. It wasn't like, oh, hey, 
we want to have Vernon come over here and speak at XYZ conference. We're going to have to pay for Vernon's hotel. We're going to have to pay for Vernon to speak. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that. I was traveling on my own dime mm -hmm. and it was me doing it. It wasn't anything I was required to do, but, but it was the love of people, man, uh, that drove me then and, and that drives me now. And really Twitter was this opportunity for me to scale before I really understood what I've come to know in this second, as we're taping this episode, what I know scale to be. In some instances, I was doing scale before I really knew fully what it was. In closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership? The most enjoyable aspect of leadership, man, is, is seeing people reach fulfillment in their lives and, and really find significance and meaning. And for those of you listening to this, there is a gentleman named Michael W. Smith that sings a song, Find My Place in This World. And some of you may be uh, listening to this episode, you may not even know who Michael W. Smith is, and that's fine if you don't. Uh, and if you do, you know, you may be familiar with that song. But, but the point is, people need to find their place in this world. And, and we have a lot of people that are hurting. And as they're hurting, one of the reasons why I truly believe they're hurting is because they haven't found their place in this world. So I want to say this real quick, and, and this is, you know, some of you are going to say, you know, Vernon, this is not part of our leadership podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, because this is about people, because guess what? If you don't connect with people, you don't have leadership. But there's some people that are listening to this right now, and, and, you know, you think that nobody understands what you're going through. You think that you're alone, and you think that nobody finds value in who you are. You have a purpose in this life, and a positive purpose, and you have value and I encourage you to sit down and really think about and look at the talents and the gifts and the other things that you have that only you have. And you have those things so you can be a help and an assistance and to lift other people up and to be that part of society that, you know, as someone told me one time, you know, a high tide raises all boats. And you're that person, right, that's listening to this right now. So I want you to know this. You have a place in this world. And for some of you that feel like, you know, maybe the people in your department don't understand you, the people in your grade level don't understand you, you can always come to us here in the PLN on Twitter mm -hmm. and, and you will find your family because that's really how we are here. And I, and I often say this and I'll say it again, sometimes here, and I don't knock the connections that we have with people that are locally around us, right? Because that's a very important part of our lives. But sometimes on Twitter, you can connect with people and get more assistance from people that are 500 or 5,000 miles away from you than someone 500 or 5,000 feet away from you. So every person has value. And that's really the thing for me, man, that, that is really the jet fuel for my jet, man, and the jet of what I do, which is really helping people find significance and meaning and purpose, man, in their lives. And, and when that happens, Man, I'm telling you, it's like it's like everything that was locked before and off limits is now available and doors open and great opportunities happen thereafter. So how can our listeners connect with you on social media? Yeah, the way they can connect with me on social media, very simply, is uh, if you are on Instagram, as the young folks call it, IG, or they call it the gram, uh, you can find me on Instagram or the gram or IG as well as Twitter and YouTube as well. It's the same on all three, which is at sign the T H E right W R I G H T as in Wright brothers and then leader L E A D E R all together at sign the right leader, the right leader. 
and uh, two hashtags that you will find on Twitter. One is that's impact the right way altogether. And the second one is zero apology zone. And then there's a third one as well that I mentioned earlier, which is about Nohia Kindreds. And so if you're looking to connect with me, man, come on, join with me. If you're local in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you know, maybe we can go ahead and have a meetup sometimes. Sometimes we, we do that. A group of us do and, and different individuals do. And so uh, if you're local, maybe you can be a part of that as well. But I just want to go ahead and let everybody know how honored and blessed and grateful I am, man, for the opportunity to be on this show. Come connect with me, come impact with me, and let's scale together. As as I say with my good friends at EduMatch, make the connection, make the impact, and always increase your scale. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast, and if you've gotten any value from the show at all, please subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Don't forget to use the Aspire Lead hashtag as you continue the conversation on social media. Vernon, as always, it is such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you so much, man. It is my honor and my pleasure.